So what are we talking about? Mm. We're talking about, well, you, I know we um, delayed this session. We were going to record a little bit earlier, but you had therapy. Yes. So we were like, oh, maybe we should talk about, you know, <laughs> therapy, mental health in our culture, the taboos. I don't think we've really talked about it, have we? Because I feel like, you know, I mean, people don't really openly talk about therapy, getting yeah. therapy. I don't know if, <clears throat> I mean, in general, it's not even like a Bangladeshi culture, even in American culture, it still feels a little bit like, shh, you know, hush, hush. But in our culture, it's probably even more. And actually, it's interesting. We had posted a few quotes a couple of months ago, and it it got the most hits, the most shares, because I think people really related with it. It was therapy abarki shuk shuk takle butekilai. Butekilai. Yeah. Shuke takle butekilai. And because um, I think it was mental health month. Yeah, it was. Was it September maybe? That And I, I don't know if we ever really talked more about that, but it seemed like that was something that a lot of people related to because – we it is common for our our parents' generation to always talk about, you know, depression of our kids. Depression of our kids. And like people don't understand it has nothing to do with that. You can have the entire world. Yes. And you can still suffer from depression. It's, mm-hmm. it's not, you know. <clears throat> Actually, when Trevor in his podcast would Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I don't know why. Look, at this, look at this chick talking about them, like, you know, first name basis. My friends. Tell me about Trevs. Um, he was saying that he actually thought he was depressed for a long time, but it was actually ADHD. It was what he felt oh. were like symptoms of what he thought were depression, but then he got diagnosed and then he could separate those feelings and be able to tell one over the other, which in my therapy oh. sessions, it started with like, I would like forget to show up for therapy because I didn't write it down. I'd be like, oh yeah, I'll remember. And I did it recurrently. And I then I started getting like scared of my therapist because I'd be like, shit, she's gonna get yeah. like yell at me now. Turns out she's like, you should probably take this test. I think you have like a mild ADHD. So I haven't I haven't done the whole thing to get diagnosed, but she gave me like all these kind of oh. strategies to remember. And now I don't forget any any no, I don't forget any sessions. None of those things. Um, but sometimes when you go to therapy for one thing, you might come out with a whole bunch of other shit you didn't even think you had. And right. we don't address any of any of this. Like one of the things she said was ADHD, if I have mild ADHD. She's like, she's like, as a young Desi girl, so my therapist is also Desi. Mm. <clears throat> I would, she's like, can you think of any times where maybe you had like, you were forgetful or whatever when you, as a kid. And I always remember it, like everyone makes fun of me, made fun of me for like, forget, like they'd be like, Mary and Pani Deto. And I'd go off and get like Pani and I'd come back and forget who asked. Mm. And that was like a very funny thing. And so she's like, unless you're not acting out, or like your grades are dropping or something like that. Nobody's, everyone's going to laugh at these behaviors. It's very normal, especially if you're a girl to be like, oh, you know, whatever. It's so funny. But those are actually early signs of 
like ADHD. Wow. Huh. Mm -hmm. But because we dismiss our kids often to just be like, actually, they're just kids or we don't think of it. There's so many signs and behaviors within children that actually end up really fucking them up later if they're not addressed properly early on. But we have like, no, no, it's okay. But like we do that all the time who knows what is underlying i mean i guess with your example i would have totally thought like oh she's just forgetful i would have never thought Mm -hmm. anything more Mm -hmm. and you're a kid so yeah it it feels pretty normal that like oh you're doing you're thinking all these things so Mm -hmm. you probably forgot who asked or, or we think like attention. we're so, yeah, or we think like, oh my God, like we're so, like I was just texting you guys, like I need to get my life together. I forgot. That happens all the time. But there are certain, I don't know what they are, but she was saying like there are certain ones that if they keep happening, then that's not a good thing. Hmm. Oh. It's not just stress. No, do you I'm feel like curious to know what that is? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> like, do you feel like that for work or can you separate the two things where at work you're like, no, I'm totally on? No, I have to be, I have to like prepare even for little things. I have to have like three steps of preparation so that I know that I'm prepared for whatever I'm going into. I'll I'll just, it'll just completely not be in my head. I think that's the same for me at work too, especially because with work for me, unless I'm like really passionate about something, I have, I feel like I have to jot things down. And, right and make sure i process it on my own before bringing mm-hmm. it out to the team mm-hmm. also yeah. i stutter so if i'm not prepared i feel like i stutter even more yeah Same. and then well, once you go down that rabbit hole there's <laughs> you no can't come back. out <laughs> keeps happening yeah. yeah i use one note to like type oh everything. i love one note <clears throat> all my meetings like detailed even verbatim sometimes i'd have to type out or i'll i'll always forget but these are things that are very common among all yeah. humans yeah i mean what about like in school for studying and stuff i was never good in school maybe that's why <laughs> yeah it could be that you exactly that you your way of learning had to be completely different different yeah, so now I think back, I'm like, maybe I could have gone to Harvard and maybe I could have Missed done all chance. these things had we known. Missed your chance, man. But it started with when I was like in a really bad spot in my marriage. Mm-hmm. And then through divorce, through post divorce, now like ma- managing kids through divorce and now managing kids alone. And sometimes my mom will be like, (laughs) but I can't imagine. I don't know if I'm now so dependent on, like, I don't know what it is, but she like, there. I guess the more you dig, there's more things to find and fix. Mm -hmm. So I feel like this will be a constant journey. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It shouldn't be any different from you having your annual physical and your annual, you know, checkups and whatnot. Yeah. That's the part of the body that we take the least care of. Yeah. Like, why why shouldn't we be seeing, you know, mind doctors or whatever you want to call it? Yeah. Because. Yeah. The frequency changes and probably is less. But exactly. Why wouldn't you? 
Yeah. I feel like that's my my sisters laugh at me, but I'm like, that's my I say this to everybody. If like they can't figure something, I'm like, it sounds like you need a therapist. <laughs> like go to a professional. Yeah. Like we can help each other, but we don't all have always have the tools. Right. Yeah. And I think it's also important to have a third person view exactly. of what's From happening. The outside. Yeah. Someone who doesn't know you, doesn't have any, you know, lived in, no relationship with you or the situation at all to look into things. And I also believe that they see so many cases just right. by the number, like their sample size, they can start to tell you what mm -hmm. is either very common or they can start to like, my even my therapist will develop new tools based on new trends she's seeing from all of her, like since COVID or whatever it is. So I there's, it's not like there, there's always advancement. There's always like science behind what they do. It's yeah. not just you're going to somebody talking about your feelings. Because that's right. also something else that people are like, they're like, therapy is useless. So you, what do you do? Like, how do you spend so much money just for that? Yeah. Why are you paying for that? Mm -hmm. um, but the other thing was, so I used to have a white therapist. And I feel like many of us have like generational trauma, right? And sometimes even though they have all this experience, I struggled a little bit with, I'm not sure she still quite understood the, the things that I was frustrated with because it mm -hmm. wasn't very common, right? Mm -hmm. Like how we have these expectations from our families, from our parents and extended families in many cases. Mm -hmm. I don't think, you know, for me, I struggled. Like I couldn't connect with her like, I don't know, maybe after six months I dropped her because I, I just felt like I don't think she gets it. Mm -hmm. um, Very likely. Yeah. So I think in some ways it is great if you can find someone that is at least from your cultural background because they That's understand similar. Yeah, nuances mm -hmm. of it. And then I found someone, but unfortunately they didn't have a license in Illinois who was brown. Um. Yeah, so that didn't work out, and then and then I got lazy about it, and I haven't gone back to therapy. Yeah, that's been sort yeah. of the same for me. I actually started therapy when I was going through my first, like my divorce. So this was mm -hmm. back what, like twelve, thirteen years ago. So I went. I'm like notoriously known for dropping therapists because when I feel like I've been fixed, then I'm like, I don't need it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and I used to be a therapist myself. So I see it like well, I yeah. that, that I do this. So initially we had gone through that. And then I, we did couples therapy with Juan mm -hmm. and myself. We went like kind of bouts of it back uh, for one period of time. And then also after when Azalea was born. Because even if like, and, and my, my therapist would say like, you don't have to come back all the time. It's right. just a nice reset. Sometimes you can exactly. get things out and you can reset and that can kind of carry you through for some time. And I think that was really helpful. And it's not that we were like on the verge of a divorce or anything right. like that, but just having a third person look into our marriage and guide us in ways yeah. that we could be there to support each other was so helpful and so eye-opening and then i started therapy again um after i moved to california but i had the same issue i had a black therapist who i think she was assigned to me because she was a person of color but again we couldn't connect because the way that like the way that she saw the world versus the way that i saw the world like she tried to empathize with me 
Yeah. But I felt like there were certain nuances that she just didn't understand. Um, right. And I think there were also a lot of stuff that she was bringing up that I wasn't ready to face quite yet. Yeah. Oh, so interesting. I, yeah. I kind of ghosted her and I feel kind of bad about it now. <laughs> no, but you bring up a really good point. You don't have to wait for like some like yeah, bad time, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's okay to just check in like we would for like you're saying your annual. Mm-hmm. Just check in. Just see how things are going in your head yeah. or in your relationship. There's yeah. actually uh, one of the influencers I follow. Um, her name is The Chutney Life. Yeah. I freaking love her recipes. She had published a list of Desi therapists across the country. Oh, I think and I've seen this. Yeah, it was really nice because I think uh, very similarly to what we're talking about, I think a lot of people feel that, mm-hmm. that we need more therapists that are from our backgrounds. Yeah. Um, because, for example, like I don't have Desi in-laws, right? But that is such a unique situation i feel like in our culture being able to navigate through your in-laws uh expectations and um some of the pressure you feel from in-laws where in many other cultures they're like tell your husband say no you know to deal with it i'm never going to see that like you can't just do that like i just won't go visit the in-laws or Mm -hmm. i'm gonna shut them out of my life no chance it's like suicide (laughs) in our culture to do stuff like that and sometimes I feel like you know you have examples like that that you you want to talk about with a therapist and they're probably like I understand (laughs) you just have to draw some boundaries and take time for yourself exactly fuck that nobody gives you any boundaries boundaries. there ain't no boundaries through the boundaries yeah they get upset if you have boundaries yes I actually um someone at work just like this, your average Midwestern white guy. Yeah. He, we were talking about like holidays or whatever. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to go see my parents. And my wife is going to stay home and she'd rather have it that way. And very like jokingly. And he's like, and then her family's going to come and it's fine. And, and I was, we're kind of joking about the fact that like, oh, in-laws. But he was talking, but he went a little deeper and he was like, no, like we actually, we both feel the same way about, whether it's an adverse feeling or whatever, we feel the same way or relationships are similar. Mm. So if I have shit to say about her family, it's not insulting to her. She she gets it. And so we balance things out because we are okay with yeah. how we each feel about our respective families or, you, or their families. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like with two people, two Desi people with the same traumas, I'm sure, Mm. trying to get on the same page sometimes can also be hard if you don't even know how to articulate and come to the same page because then it's like you can't say that like I can say it but you can't say it like there's a lot of like I can just can imagine how yeah that is really hard for faces and there's just so much it's not really pressure but right like you're expected to respect your parents whether they're wrong or right. And it's a little bit of like, almost like gaslighting to me where, you know, you can't ever question your parents. Yeah. And sometimes it's okay. It doesn't mean that you're disrespecting your family or your parents. You can disagree on certain things because you have your own 
values and perspectives that may not align with your parents. And it's okay to, you know, push back or have a discussion about yes. it, but it's never a discussion. It becomes like a whole big fight. And or then exactly. Blah, blah, blah. And so then the similarly, when you have some weird dynamic with your in-laws and you're asking your husband or your wife to yeah. handle it, That's when that trauma comes of like, I ain't going to tell my mom to like, you know, set, we're setting our boundaries mm -hmm. um, or like, I don't want you to feed, feed our children ice cream for breakfast, let's say. And that's very hard for the other, like the spouse to do also, because we're, we're always taught that you respect your parents mm -hmm. and they feel like any sort of feedback like this is biadobi. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. That's a hard one. It is. Yeah. Oh my! It reminded me of Rocky or Ronnie. Like Rocky. Yeah, I still haven't life. seen it. Black it's Black on Black. Amazon, Maya. You gotta watch. Is this? Okay. Yeah, yes. Minal watched it. Yeah. She couldn't like. She watched the whole thing through. Really. Her, willingly, and then wow. the, when there's one scene where Rocky has his monologue about like. Not when he once realizes where, like, um, how sheltered, I guess, he is and not as open-minded. He's very specific about what he talks about. And Manal was like, you know, even the Barbie movie talked about these issues, but it was never overtly said. Like, it was mm. all through, like, metaphors or other things. She's like, I feel like these Indian, this movie or outside of America, those cultures might be more advanced in how they express the differences versus yeah. us here because we still can't openly talk about things you should watch this movie it's, it's so hilarious good. i mean honestly i couldn't stop laughing i like the first hour is hilarious the, all, the whole thing right the first half is hilarious the second half from the start time it started to the end credits i cried through the whole thing i don't know what triggered really? me I was like the whole time, the first time well, I saw it. Maybe it was I'll a be lot. watching it today. It was it's a awesome. Lot. I mean, and really I went good. with like a few of my like we're not big Bollywood people, um, and it takes us a lot to be like a Bollywood movie is good because it gets so cheesy. But this yes. was legit. It was it was good. But yeah, it's on Prime. Mm -hmm. um, you should definitely watch it. Yeah. Because it yeah, makes so all these kind of things where you think it's taboo or you can't say it or the 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 role of the elderly in the house and the role of the man and the role of the mom and the all those things. It's like very the two opposites and how they come together. It's just so beautifully done and easy to understand. Yeah, you're right. A lot of what we're talking about is touched on <laughs> this movie. All of it almost. Um, because... Even because we were just talking about like our parents, but when you're in like the joint families, which in Dhaka people still live in, you know, with with their uh, extended family, you have like the grandparent or the grandmother, grandfather who's the head, mm -hmm. and whatever they say is what everybody else does. So it's not even like our parents; it's like our parents' parents. Like mm -hmm. the trauma just continues to trickle down, and you and, have all generations in yeah. the same house. Yep. So to try and break That's out of it. Yeah, I can't imagine. I just got chills. That's like uh -huh. my worst nightmare. Yeah, and right. You, and in some ways, the kids are growing up watching that dynamic of 
typically, right, you you move in with your husband's family in our culture. So you're growing up seeing the dynamic of the in-law and the daughter-in-law and the yeah. way they're being treated. And then, you, you know, you, you sort of learn from that and you expect that that's the norm. And so then that just continues. Yeah. Um, and I think that's in this weird. movie, they start, sort of showed there is another group of people who've kind of come out of that world and now mm -hmm. they're a lot more progressive. They have the same respect regardless of the gender and mm -hmm. how it looks like when you're all sort of respecting each other, even uh, the different generations and having a chill conversation at dinner where mm -hmm. they were even talking about like making out and yeah. sex really. And yeah. like the grandmother sitting at the table. Can you imagine having those types of conversations? Like hell no. I feel uncomfortable sometimes with us talking about it on this podcast and then putting <laughs> yeah. it in my stories. <laughs> yeah. I have a friend in Bangladesh, actually, who has that beautiful joint family situation. So the way that they live is that their apartment and their parents' apartments are kind of next to each other. Nice. There's a big door that kind of you can close it and then they have their section uh. and then the parents have their section. And it's so nice. Like once we went over there, the parents came and they were helping with the cooking. The dad was helping setting the table. And like we were just all there partying. No booze. On side. No booze. No pasas <laughs> or poutines. Which is like just, just their relationship was so wholesome between especially the mother-in-law and the wife. Yeah. Like that's something that we see so, so much. So rare. That's very it rare. Was, it, was, it was rare. And the girl or the wife was a friend of mine. She's a dancer too. So just the way, Ooh. you know, like, especially when That's you're a dancer, out, yeah. you have, there's like certain taboos and things that you can do when you're married Ooh. and when you're not. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. just the way that she like nurtured the daughter was just, it's just really just so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. They're like one of those idealistic families that you can, yep. you can, you could write a sitcom on or something. Yeah. Really? It's nice to hear that that's around mm -hmm. as well. And I hope like with, um, with our generation that changes, right? I mean, that's the other funny thing. Like we're, we're at an age where like we are old. Okay. Yes. But in our I don't like to think culture, it, but we are. our parents' generation still treat us like kids. Do you guys feel that? Yeah, because I constantly feel like I'm a child, like around think, my parents. You know what I mean? I think after my divorce, that changed. <clears throat> I don't know why. Maybe mm -hmm. it's the whole like be a dear dealer that I'm somebody else's problem. Yeah. And now she's actually starting to see like what my life is really like. Mm -hmm. So I don't get that as much, but I did feel it before. For I sure. think I get I get that from my like from Fuad's side of the family because he's mm. the youngest. But yeah. from my side, I, they are, they've been very understanding and they really, like I've, I've seen, especially with my mom coming this time, I feel like my parents have started to respect me. And I yeah. think that's one of those things, you know, where blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. But like, yeah. they really respect what I do with my kids or how I run my home and all of that. Mm -hmm. And that's like, I feel like, it's like winning an award. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah. It is. Because that's also like, I don't know, maybe it is more common now, but it's not. I mean, it's not that common to see that level you know, where you finally yeah. realize it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's another reason why my mom won't live with us now, because she's like, no, mm -hmm. you have your life. 
I have mine. Yeah. Like that's her one of her things that she tells. I think she tells all her friends is like, once your kids get married, don't interfere in their lives. Like don't interfere in their marriages. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people do, or the kids feel very dependent still on their parents. Yeah. Even after they have their own family. Well, and that's sort of why a lot of, you know, the dynamics between in-laws and and right. the kids or the, the daughter-in-laws, it's it's just because they still want to be involved mm-hmm. in their yeah. kids' re- relationship. It's like, dude, they're married. Let them do their own thing. Yeah. Yeah. No idea how many marriages I've seen fail because yeah. there's a lot of oversharing between the couple and, you know, parents mm-hmm. and the parents meddling in on things like, yeah. The couple's sex life to who's earning and how the money is being spent and budgeting and all this stuff. And, you know, mm. if there's one advice that I could give, like, any new couples is that don't share shit or don't overshare. Don't overshare with anybody unless, yeah. you know, it's like a very close mm-hmm. friend that you can completely trust. Because then, you know, like, sometimes you're not going to want to hear their yeah. their feedback. Sometimes it's going to be something that you're it's going to make you uncomfortable. See, full circle, get a therapist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but that's exactly why. Yeah. Yep. It's a third party. They're legally not supposed to say anything to anybody. <clears throat> and they're professionals. Yeah, don't go to your moshi their peer shop. Like, that's the other <laughs> one. They're like, go peer shop. Peer Guys, a lot of people go to their mosque. I know this. People. Yes, yes, they're, yes. They're not necessarily called peers here anymore, like the imams, um, which is fine. I think religious leaders are very helpful. Again, they're supposed yeah, to be sort of like a, a third party and providing yeah. guidance. Uh, but you can also just go to a, a professional therapist. Well, the other thing is ther- getting your own therapy is looked down upon but God forbid you get couples therapy. That's even oh, more bad. Forget. That means you're on the verge of Allah, everything's you know, like, ending. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. This is one of those things that I struggled with because when I mentioned that, you know, Fuad and I are going to therapy, it was like, Allah. I was just thinking to me both Oh, yeah. I would never. That's my first thought that came to my head. Yeah. It's like, why would you share that? Yeah, exactly. Because I had to learn the hard way that you don't overshare. Yeah, and then it'll be weaponized and used against you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, twisted. Yeah. Well, it's also because they just don't understand it. I mean, in their defense. It's it's a concept that's just exactly. not normal for them. Because there's no awareness yeah. around it. Yeah. yeah. I got yelled at by an uncle because my cousin, who was here to study before, had gone to therapy. So when I went to Bangladesh to see them, and I was like, you know, it's so good, you know, that, you know, my cousin's getting therapy now. And we had like almost a heated fight. He was like, therapy, therapy, just makes you fume because, you know, that that's been like the only thing that helped Mm -hmm. her. Mm-hmm. Come, come out of her, you know, moments of darkness. Mm-hmm. I told you one of person I knew was like, oh, the market divorce is to me. The therapist is a sejeta, shaky to make a bullshit, and it's like, 
No. I don't know why we can no. never be accountable for like our own decisions, right? It's always like if it's a bad decision, mm, like yes. someone yeah. someone else taught you that. Mm-hmm. Like, no, we can make difficult decisions on our own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mistakes too. And mistakes and you know. Oh, uh, man, that's some that was triggering for me. Like I know. Even as kids, there was actually yeah. a, like a, a certain relationship I had with a, another kid. And I was always like sh- the shaitan. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Me shaitan. Yep. And I'm like, what? what did I do? And even terms like that, I don't think people realize that that can be something that stays with you for yeah. the rest of your life. I mean, you're talking about something from like years ago and you still remember it. Yeah. Because it and stays like, with you that somebody thought that you were a bad person. Yeah. yeah. As a kid. Yeah. And I think people, oh, shaitan is just like a, you know, it's an okay word to say. Like, it's a little playful when we're saying it about kids, but that shit stays with you. Oh, my God. That's a whole other topic. Mm-hmm. All the gullies. Or the yeah. terms of endearment that are actually gullies. Like? Like you were just saying about Shurbacha. Shurbacha. <laughs> I always, we joke that my middle name was Ramjadi growing up. Like, that's yeah. just, but that's what we say to our, like, our friends, yeah, our cousins. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. it's just a common. I say it word. to my son and my mom heard it and was like, don't say that to him. Yeah. And it's like, well, you guys called us that all the time. Yes. <laughs> I feel like that's it's a little. Yeah, yeah, but. And I think for us, it's a little bit because our kids don't necessarily speak our language. So they don't, it's yeah. a little bit different because they're not going to, but you're right. I probably shouldn't say things like that. Um, but yeah, it's just, I remember one of our cousins, like you guys know, we used to all go to the same school, South Breeze, and report card day, you know, like everybody, <laughs> everybody lied, you know, report card. And we all went to my one cousin's house. Because, I don't know, nobody else was able to pick us up. So we went to my one Kala's house and he had gotten bad grades. And he, you know, my Kala like saw the report card and he was like, Whoa, that's a lot. But it's so dramatic because that's how we are. Like she would you know never actually yes. i mean, mean that. this woman took care of her child like she was worried that the cat was going to kidnap him when yes. he was a baby <laughs> but then you know fast forward 14 years later is basically telling him to go stand in front of a truck but that's just how we show endearment <laughs> oh. you know the one thing i i will say though now talking about therapy and all that stuff being tabooed there are m- many many more places in bangladesh now for I was gonna mental say health, this. clinics, therapy. There are a lot of therapists, I feel like, that I see even online. Mm-hmm. Um, I rehab. See posting. rehab. We will be bringing one over soon. I can't wait. Yeah, we yeah. totally should. I mean, I think it's such a, that this is just like scratching the surface about mental health because we didn't really talk about mental health. We talked more about the need for therapy, but yeah, there's so much more that people aren't educated on they think like mental health just means pagal huygasa, right? Yes, I mean, that's exactly. pretty much like what we grew up hearing is pagal huygasa, chele pagal huygasa, me pagal. Like, but they legitimately had some sort of mental health yes. issue. Yeah. Um, 
But it is, it is reassuring to see that that conversation has changed even in Bangladesh with all these different places now that kids can go to at least. And social um, media has made people so much yeah. more aware of it. Yeah. I remember I didn't yeah. know. It didn't even occur to me that, they, one, they're, they're, they see therapies even existed. Two, yeah. why we would need them until somebody told me, like, that's that that's what happened. And then that changed. Yeah. It changed their life just from switching ethnicity because someone could relate to you better. There is a another person that's been pretty vocal I think his page is called Brown Man Therapy, something oh. like that. Um, and he's, I, th I think he's Indian, but he's been very, you know, vocal about men needing therapy and and brown men needing therapy. And so, like, mm -hmm. you see a lot of women, like, they see therapies are typically females, but not as many males. So it's kind of cool to see that, too. I'd be interested to hear from our, possibly our next guest or whenever she's one of our guests. What yeah. is going on over there? Like, what's driving the trends? Yeah. What is she kind of seeing that's common among mental health mm -hmm. issues or things that we would have never expected to to think that are emerging? But because you would usually think it's like, oh, chili drug scotty, yeah, yeah. chili gajakai, right? Yeah, and that needs therapy or rehab. Yeah. Well, that's but more rehab. So much more. Yeah, and and when definitely... I lived in, sorry. You go. I was going to say that's definitely an, a, a big issue. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because when I when I had moved to Bangladesh for the five years, one of the things, because when I was living in Vancouver, I was working as a therapist and I worked at a safe injection site. I worked with like active clients. So when I went to Bangladesh, I wanted to continue doing that. Mm. But there really wasn't any place outside of the drug re rehab where, oh. you know, you could have a oh. space where you can you can, you know, run a therapy session. So I feel like between then and now, which has been, what, about 12, 13 years, I think we've come a long way. Long way. Yeah. Didn't yeah. you used to do this over the radio? Um, I produced a show that was sort of therapy. Yeah. Um, so we had a clinical psychologist that would come. It was called Tumi Balda Amrashinchi. And oh. we had a host, and they would go through stories. So people would call in with their issues. And it would just be sort of like a five-minute session. It wasn't really like an in-depth therapy yeah, yeah. session it was more like okay here's what you're going through somebody's going through sexual abuse grammar like how do you do like what are some resources that you can reach out to um kind of on those mm -hmm. um yeah wow that's pretty cool though mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i wonder if they do they lose those types of shows i'm sure they must exist somewhere they have them still now i mean the, um, that specific show is still running i believe yeah yeah it's actually one of the mo like more successful radio shows. So I was really proud of being a part of it. Wow. Yeah, because people like to hear that there are others like them, right? When they are going through problems and they're like, oh, okay, I'm yeah. not the only one feeling this way or having this issue. And mm -hmm. we shy away from talking about that stuff because, again, we get judged and it's like, what are people going to say? But I feel like even like these conversations that we have – it helps people to hear this and say like, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> your mom's as crazy as my mom. You know what I mean? Like, we're all in this together. And we are. But it also helps to hear somebody articulate it because sometimes you can feel something and yeah. you not even know that's true. how to express it. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Even that helps. Yeah. But yeah, it would be because none of us have really been 
I mean, I haven't lived in Taka in a long time, but yeah, I feel yeah. like we feel, well, I feel a little bit disconnected from that world now because I just don't really know what's happening there anymore, but it would be interesting to hear from people living there. And yeah, understand. and I think it's relevant here because sometimes <clears throat> we're still navigating a lot of like things that, like we were saying, like things that happen in Dhaka usually are a little more advanced culturally than mm-hmm. we would be here. So yeah. I think there could be a lot of things we could learn from what's happening over there. Like I was saying, like maybe we don't have the words to express certain things or how we feel, but they do because that's the sample. They're all dishy. Yeah. So it can actually hopefully maybe help those yeah. of us stateside. Yeah. yeah. That makes perfect sense.